Hey there, welcome to the Lead Bold Podcast, a place where we engage in incredible conversations with amazing leaders in ministry and ministry partners as we encourage and challenge one another to live fully into what God is calling us to be. For each episode here on the Lead Bold Podcast, we focus in on what we call the three W's when it comes to talking to our guests. The first W is a word, something that has been given to them or been put on their heart by God about working in ministry. Two is a warning, something that they have learned from, can share insight for, or can even kind of open up vulnerability about failures and places where they have room to grow. And lastly, wow, a time in their ministry and in their walk with Jesus where they have been blown away by what God has done and what he has taught them. Let's jump into our episode for today. You are all going to absolutely love our guest today, Lori Polich Short, who is an incredibly gifted writer. She has recently um, authored five books and one, I should say she's authored five books and her most recent is um, an incredible resource, Faith, Doubt, and God's Mysterious Timing, 30 Biblical Insights About the Way God Works. And uh, it's just an incredible look at how God's timing plays into his faithfulness and his plans for us. And uh, Lori has an incredible story that echoes the way that God has faithfully acted in his timing for her life. Um, Lori is super passionate about encouraging people in their faith through her speaking and her writing and helping others see a broader vision for their lives. Let's hear from Andrea and jump into our episode for today. You're about to hear our conversation with Lori Pollich Short. And if you're in the middle of waiting for something, whether it's in your leadership ministry life or your personal life, this conversation is going to resonate. She said something I found very insightful. She said, pay attention to what is happening and not only what isn't happening. And that's just the tip of the iceberg for reframing the way that we wait on God and wait with God and wait for God. So with that, here's Aaron's and my conversation with Lori. Well, hey, again, Lead Bold family, we are here with another podcast conversation that we cannot wait to jump into and share with you. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Erin. How are you today, Erin? I'm doing so well, and I'm actually, I know our listeners might not know this, but you've been on sabbatical, and this is the first time I'm like seeing you even off screen face-to-face, and it's just good to be back with you doing the thing we love to do. Yes, totally. No, I appreciate that. And it was so great to be able to have our team come along and just fill in all the gaps. And I'm not sure I'm needed. So I feel like you guys can just roll without me. (laughs) Just kidding. Absolutely. No, it was great. I appreciate that. Super good to be back. Um, And we're kicking it off with a bang being back. Um, I am eager to introduce our Lead Bold community to Lori. Um, She and I met years ago. Um, She's a prolific writer, an amazing speaker. And so happy to get to have a conversation with her today. So hello. Welcome, Lori. Hey, Andrea and Erin. It's great to be with you guys. Yeah, we have lots to jump into, but just give us a little bit. um, Obviously, we've already, you know, our listeners have already heard your your official bio, but like, just tell (laughs) us something you're excited about right now, other than we're going to get to your book. So we know you're, you're excited about that. So other than your amazing book that is out. Tell us something you're excited about in life right now. Honestly, I think I am most excited about being with people. I think I haven't quite gotten over that. Just the, uh, the whole, I love to speak to actual people more than I do the screen. And so it's been so much fun to get back on that track and to be out in community and in the world and just 
rejuvenating that part of life, which is so vital to our health. And so I just have loved basking in that right now. For sure. All of us extroverts are like, okay, finally, (laughs) real people everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I'll say too, like, I feel like with that, uh, the flip side of it too, is that everybody has already gotten super busy again, even though we all swore during the shutdown, we're like, I'm going to, I'm going to be way better about boundaries and you know, all this. So it's, it's a whirlwind, a lot going on. Completely. And we have a soon to be empty nest. So we're preparing that uh, process. And he is uh, in his second year of city college, and then he's going into the Marine Corps. So that's going to be a huge transition. And um, so we're getting ready for that, too. But yeah, so much happening to all of us, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. No, very, very cool. Well, let's jump in. And um, I do want to kind of talk a little bit before we get into our normal three questions um, about your book. And I guess my first question, so it's called Faith, Doubt, and God's Mysterious Timing, 30 Biblical Insights About the Way God Works. And my first question is like, could you have come up with a longer title? (laughs) Well, You know, it's funny. I fought for mysterious. I think the original title was Faith, Doubt, and God's Good Timing, which felt a little vanilla to me for those Mm. of us who sit in the wait and wonder where God is and what he's doing and why it's taking so long. And do you even know what do you are you there? You know, some of us are asking. I feel like the mysterious captured the reader that I really want to capture But the 30 biblical insights is just to let people know that I didn't just come up with this stuff on my own. It's actually time tested. (laughs) And you will be getting insights that come from God's word. But my hope is that they come from places that you might not have noticed in these people's stories that we know. Um, Many of these stories might be familiar to you, but I think that I highlight the parts of their stories that we don't always hear about on Sunday morning or when we're doing Bible studies on these people. So I think they're very helpful for our for our life. Yeah, I really like that because so often you know, we've many of us who've been in the church a long time or certainly our ministry leaders like our lead bold audience here. uh, You know, we've heard a lot of these stories before. And it's actually something I really appreciate about you, Lori, in your writing and in your teaching that you do really try to find that nugget that is a fresh perspective on something and kind of enlivens the text um, or I guess allows the spirit to enliven the text in a way that that maybe we've missed before. So that is just right on par with what I know about you and, and, you know, your writing and big, that's a big mark of kind of how you, how you are anyway. Erin, you've been in the church like forever and ever, like, I'm sure you can relate to that. Absolutely. I think that there's another part of us that, especially I think a younger generation of, of biblical kind of readers, as well as potentially Christ followers. Um, I think there's this, the, the farther away we get from the actual text, right? The more years, the more time that passes, the more I think we feel alienated from who these people were. And I think when we take the fresh perspective and a fresh look at what God is doing in the lives of these very real people who lived and walked, um, there's such so much depth to us being able to recognize that God can use anyone and that there's so much that we have to 
relate to and find resonance with with people with whom God was was working and communing. So um, I think it's really powerful for for all generations, like I said. So I'm excited. I haven't read it yet, but I, I would like to. So it's, it's in my Amazon cart, Lori. I'm very excited. There you go. <laughs> press press buy. Um, what what is before? Just one more question before we kind of jump in. And I know that the themes in this book are going to kind of weave into our whole conversation. But what what made you want to write this book? Like, where did this whole thing come from for you? Well, I honestly am kind of known as the girl who had to wait. And I feel like God's timing is, is so such a huge theme in my life and has been in my speaking and is frankly the reason that so many people abandon their faith because mm -hmm. God is taking longer than they would like. And they feel that God is not answering their prayer or isn't there or they're on their own. And a lot of people break up with God over his timing. And I just have seen more and more, the older I get, pretty much the only benefit to getting older is that you get to look back and see how God was working and what he was doing and how one story you thought was one thing actually turned out to be another thing altogether. And how you were in a situation that looked to be the darkest of your life. And it was just before the situation that changed your life. And all of these things come with time. So frankly, I don't know that I could have written this book any younger than I am now, just because I've been able to see so much of the truth of this book. And so I'm super excited about it. I weave my own stories a little bit in it, but so much of it is just highlighting the parts of the people, as you said, Aaron, who were so real. And I mean, we all know God's word is the most important thing, but so often we do distance ourselves from it. And I feel like there's so much power there for people to be encouraged by. And so I'm, I'm hoping that this book will do that. That's great. That's so good. Well, let's jump in um, to this first question that we always ask, which is um, if you have a word, uh, um, um, one word that either characterizes your life or right now or just something that you're holding on to, and maybe you kind of already have hinted at it, but what would that be for you, Lori? Well, it, it comes as no surprise that my word is timing right now because um, I've just you know, written about it. And I've seen, again, so many different stories in my life where God's timing is now much more clear to me. And so I'm much more willing to sit in the wait because I know the wait is for a purpose, or I'm more willing to hear a no, because I know that that's for a reason, either because another yes is coming or because I'm supposed to learn something, or there are people around me that I'm supposed to be touching right now as far as my story or, uh, you know, I have this thing where what I learned in my own life falling apart, um, because my story briefly is that I had to wait a long, long time to be married. And I know a lot of people are very happy being single. I was not one of them. I really wanted to be married. And, you know, I didn't, I got engaged finally when I was 42 and through a series of events, um, my engagement ended up breaking up after a year and a half and he actually remarried his ex-wife and I had already had two bridal showers and my wedding dress and the whole nine yards. And so for me, I could not believe that God was 
taking me through something like that because I was already speaking. And so I'm not the girl going to church, but I'm like the one bringing in the hope of the Lord <laughs> to the conferences while I'm, while my <laughs> own life is falling apart. So clearly I have lived this lesson of timing in my life because it turns out that God did still have it for me at the ripe young age of 49, which I know is every girl's dream. But um, for me, it was the right timing. And now to see what God has done through my marriage and my relationship with my stepson, raising him and, and just all of the things that God had in mind, because he exists outside of time and we exist mm. in time. So he knows everything all at once, which is so mind blowing to think about. So I think this issue of timing is gigantic in our faith. Yeah, that's that so true. I think, oh, go ahead, Aaron. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think that is, is super powerful. And like, thank you so much for your candor and your vulnerability. Like definitely I'm in a younger space, but I can resonate so strongly. I love that you said, I'm the girl who has to wait. I feel very strongly with that. And I know Andrea's heard me talk about it, but I do think that that is something that I think a lot of people do in the, in the interim of waiting on the Lord. We often like, we kind of like take things into our own hands and I'm notorious for this in my own life to say like, God, I'm going to make something happen in the interim because I'm not seeing you do something. And um, at the end of the day, that verse, I've like clung to that verse. That's like to him who can do abundantly more than we or imagine, right? Because in the interim, if we're taking things into our own hands, it's not the, the level of abundance that God might have like you've shared. And so I do think that that is such a powerful sentiment that when we do allow the Lord to do what he's doing in his time, in the way that makes sense for his plans, it is always abundantly more than we imagine, but it's so hard in the interim not to try and like write our own narrative and make our own things happen. And I'm notorious for that. So definitely resonates with me and I'm sure with our listeners. Yeah. When you think about um, for ministry leaders who are, you know, maybe they have really a direction that they want to go or something that they feel like God's given them or a gift. Um, I feel like there's this difference between sort of passive waiting and active waiting. Lori, can you talk a little bit, especially to that woman who is in that waiting? Um, and, you know, yeah, you just don't know the timing. So is there a way that she can be actively waiting or maybe maybe you're supposed to be passively waiting? Can you talk a little bit about that for that person in that situation right now? Absolutely. I think thinking back it would be the difference in if I said, I'm waiting for a husband, Lord, and I'm just going to sit here on the couch in my apartment and just wait for that. I'm just going to date until that happens. I think what we do is when we're so focused on a door that we want to open, we forget that there's doors that are opening all around us at any given moment. And they may not be the door that you're looking for, but they very well could be the door God wants you to go through. And what's what I've discovered in my life, looking back, is that sometimes the door you're not looking for opens to another door, which opens to another door, which actually opens the door you want, but it's a different route. And that's why it is so important to pay attention to what is happening in your life, not just what mm. isn't happening in your life. And I unfortunately think that we all have a tendency to do that when something is missing or lacking, or we feel so strongly that God wants this in our life, that that is the only thing we're focused on. And so looking back, I'm so grateful for the other stories that I have in my life as a single woman 
that happened only because I was single and I had the time and the space to participate in, to, in so many God stories. And now that the actual door that I wanted has opened and I am married, I'm so grateful for that looking back. Yeah, that's that's such a great visual. <laughs> the doors, the different doors that lead and may lead back to that one or may just reframe what you wanted that door to be in the first place. You talk in the book about this idea of leaning into the unknown. Um, how does that fit into all of this? Because I feel like, again, for for women who are leading ministries, there, man, there's so, first of all, we're really juggling a lot of roles often in our lives. And we have sometimes external expectations on us and expectations we put on ourselves and their selves. And there's so many factors that complicate our next step or our next five steps or whatever. How do we lean into the unknown like you talk about? Well, I think it's recognizing that we see a certain part of the story and God sees so much more than we see. And the more you know him and the more you see that by looking back, which I always call him the rearview mirror God, I think we get a lot of insight about God looking back on our lives. But I think that um, as we lean into what is in front of us, you know, I would say sometimes the path to your future comes through saying yes to the need on your path. So God knows what is right around you right now. And just maybe an example of that is when my life fell apart, I was about to speak at a conference. I actually tell this story in the book. And I remember just going on my face before the Lord and just saying, is this what it comes to? Am I supposed to fake it? Because, you know, we all feel like we need to defend God when we're in leadership sometimes when <laughs> we're like, you know, okay, God, I better, I better put on a good face for you because you're not looking very good. And I really heard the voice of the Lord in my heart to say, don't worry about me, little girl. You think I don't know that you are about to do this and what's happening in your life? If I know everything, I know everything. And I took a risk to share my testimony when I was in the middle of my testimony because I didn't get married for another three and a half years. So there was a season when I didn't know if I was going to get married. I didn't know if that was what God had, but I was called to share. And I, I would get to the end and you could just see people looking at me like, oh, no. <laughs> you know. But then I'd say, you know what? God's not through with my story. I don't know what he's going to do. And I don't know if I'll ever get married. But I know one thing. I got up this morning and I'm still breathing. And so God isn't through. And I learned this idea of the middle of the story testimony, which I highly recommend for people because that is where people live. And I think if we take the risk to share when life is messy and we don't know the end and we say we're still hanging on to God, that's a testimony. That is what people need to hear because they need a God who is there with them even when they don't see him. And so when you model that, when you share that, I think that that can be so powerful. And that is leaning into the unknown. You're trusting God out loud for the unknown of what he's doing right now. I've always been um, <clears throat> so uh, touched by the Psalm 13, that like Psalm of lament, where it's like, how long, oh Lord, will you forget <laughs> me forever, right? And wow. the part that is so powerful is that like the last piece of that scripture is, but still, 
but still I will praise your name. And I think that your approach and in, in stepping into saying like, God, it doesn't look perfect right now. And not even in a manipulative way to say like, but I'm going to let that speak to who you are anyway, like is, is such an amazing thing. And the recognition that he knows, right. He knows. And the part that is, can be scary. Maybe that first look from the audience is like, Oh wow, that was a lot. But what we can never know is, you know, under the surface, what God is doing in the hearts of women in that room who absolutely needed to hear that. And it was for them. And so, um, I love the sentiment you've shared about like focusing on what is happening instead of what isn't is, is a very powerful, uh, piece for those who I think are in that like active passive, what is actually happening versus what isn't happening. And, you know, I think, Aaron, you give them courage to to hold on to God in their own story when you say, here's what's going on, but I'm still holding on and I'll let you know how it turns out. That's banking on the reality of a God in your life, you know, and I think people need that because they live in the middle of the test in the middle of their stories, you know, and so many aren't seeing what God is doing right now. So I think we lead by doing that. Yeah. And as leaders, so often we do feel that sense of like, we have to keep that hidden so that we have a good, wise word to say to somebody from all our great things we learned along the way, you know, and what it's one of the things, I think one of the things that makes our Lead Bold community so unique and uniquely needed by ministry leaders is that you you are truly in a circle of other women who are leaders in the church or in a you know church adjacent kind of ministry who totally get it and even though their story is different and it's all of them are unique to be wherever you're at in the middle with the doubt with the worry with the anger whatever it is that it's so well received by each other and we're not this is the place where we as leaders get to kind of set aside the filter, set aside the happy face. Not that we shouldn't do it other places, but you also have to do it in a safe place, right? It, yes. To get to the real, the real stuff. Um, so I, I really affirm what you're saying. And I, I hope those of you listening, wherever you're at in your middle of your story, middle of your valley, your, your testimony, whatever it is that, that you would have, have strong women around you that you can really share that with and know that they're going to feed into you. And also something you say could be like you said, Lori, what they needed to hear for where they're at, you know, that's really, really good. And I do think too, our pain is the biggest connector that we have to other people. Your pain is perfectly shaped for somebody else's pain. Who's going mm -hmm. through the same thing. And nobody wants to hear from anyone else except someone who's been through what they've been through. And, and that's why I think God uses, I mean, it's pain is the gift nobody wants, but it does so much to deepen our souls and our ministries. And we all know that uh, it doesn't make it any more fun to go through. But I do think that, again, modeling that for others, because that's going to be their ministry too to other people. Yeah, yeah. You talk, um, you talk about this idea of kind of looking back and having the ability, the rear view mirror, God, um, that's a really great segue to our next question, which is, you know, if you were to go back to your younger self, your new in ministry self, whatever, um, what would you say to her as just 
almost, we kind of say it here, almost like a little bit of a warning or like, Hey girl, don't forget this. <laughs> what would you, what would you say? You know, I think that when I was cutting my teeth in ministry and young in ministry, uh, the climate was so different than it is now for women leaders. And some of you who are maybe frustrated by it now, if you could only go back, you would realize how far we've come. But um, being in a world of a lot of men leaders, you know, being the first woman youth pastor, the first woman doing this in this church or being serving in churches where they didn't think women should speak to men. I mean, those were common experiences of my ministry life. And I I had taken the, a class at Fuller um, from Roberta Hessenis on women and men in ministry and got a chance to read both sides of the issue. So I was fully armed and equipped with scripture and all the things, all the arguments and what I discovered early on that the most effective way to convince people who are not of the same mentality that women should be leaders is to just be a good leader, to be the best you can in the gift that God's given you. It's not to say that you're not equipped to answer why you believe the way you do or why you're doing the things you're doing, but that should be almost secondary to compelling them to look at their own beliefs because of what they're seeing you do. And I feel like that for me is something that I would affirm my earlier self to just keep doing what you're doing and things are going to get better, which they did. I've watched so many things happen uh, looking through the years of what's happened with women and I know will continue to happen and we can speak to the girls, um, the youngers behind us. But to just be the person God has created you to be. He's given you your gift for a reason and he will show you where he's going to use it. And maybe that's the second thing is to not worry so much about how big or many or what or how, but just trust God for that part and do the thing that God has put in your heart to do, that he's gifted you to do do just do it because he has a purpose for that yeah i think um you're speaking to a lot of people who either in their current or their their former situation felt needing to kind of defend um you know defend her right to do xyz and so what i'm hearing you say is to to the best of your ability and the best of what is is um, appropriate in your context, like just do X, Y, Z and do it really well and keep growing in that and learning in that. And yeah, be ready for conversation if that happens, but you don't have to come out of the gates, like ready to, you know, ap apologetics your way out of, <laughs> out of whatever the conversation well, is. Yeah. And let me just add to that, that you will know in your own heart and between you and God when it's time to leave a situation or serve in certain situations and not in others that aren't going to give you that permission to do the gift that you have. But I would say that there were times when God called me to actually serve in places where I was going to be the, the groundbreaker in a situation. Uh, I was, you know, there were times when men got up and left, you know, and I was the one that was there speaking. I was asked to speak, but they didn't believe. So I had to endure that in a sense, but God still called me to that. 
And I think that sometimes when we say it's hard or there's a wall, we're not, this must not be where I'm supposed to be. But that's not always the case because God might want to use you for that very reason, to give somebody another view of what is possible, of what God might be doing. And of course, we all know the scriptures, I hope, I hope you do, uh, that that support women in ministry. And there's so many men speaking out on, on women's behalf at this point. But you might be called to be one or the other. And I think it's just being sensitive to the spirit on that one. Yeah, for sure. Discernment is such a big part of it. And it ties so well with just this whole thing we're talking about, about you don't know what 10 steps down, you don't know what 10 doors down is going to be. Um, you just can pay attention to what is happening right now and what opportunities you're getting right now. So love that. Well, we just have a couple of minutes left and I want to, I, I never want to cut short on our last question, which is a chance to just celebrate and, and cheer and pat someone on the back. And just to say like uh, the, wow, you know, what, where in your life have you seen just a wow moment or, or who lately has wowed you that you want to just celebrate that person and, Get, get, yeah, just, just to yeah. say a big wow together. Well, I think, you know, a corporate wow to just women in general that are rising up and stepping into leadership and doing things. And, and, and maybe those of us who are older, it's just been so great to watch how things have evolved. And we're seeing so many more women leaders and hearing voices. But maybe on the other side, I'm also a theme that is I'm excited about that I've seen a lot lately is this never too late theme uh, for those of us who are older. I mean, we just watched the Academy Awards and both the actress and supporting actress were were 60 in their 60s. And I just spoke at a conference with Nicole C. Mullen, who uh, many of you know, was up for a Grammy years ago. And she's had a series of things happen in her life and just this resurgence of never too late. I'm watching Amy Grant, you know, write her first song in 10 years and get the Kennedy Award. And we're just, we're seeing women of all ages doing their thing. There's no theology of retirement in, as far as I can see. In fact, you know, Moses. It's called death. When, he, <laughs> when, when I, you're in ministry, retirement <laughs> is when you die. <laughs> I don't know. Some of you might go, oh no, but. <laughs> But, you know, honestly, when I share, you know, even just Moses' story, it was 40 years in the wilderness before he was called at 80 to do the thing he was here to do. And, you know, you can just see the older people in the audience go, oh, no, please, God, no, you know, <laughs> I don't know if we're up for that. But, you know, it's so that's a part of God's timing. He loves bringing babies to 100 year olds and 90 year olds. He loves first time marriages at 49. He loves in fact, you know, what I love most about Abraham's story is that, you know, Abraham didn't always respond in faith. And Genesis 17, he falls down on the ground laughing because God says, no, 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 it's still, you're still going to have this baby. And that God joins him in that laughter. He says, you know what? It is hysterical. And I want you to name your child laughter. That's what Isaac means. And I just love that that is all part of how God works. He loves to wow us when it just looks impossible. And so we, we need to be just continuing on until the day he calls us home to do the thing that we're here to do. 
Well, that is a word that very much we all, and for sure somebody out there needed to hear that, somebody who's questioning it. I'm so glad. Well, we hear I, women. And maybe just a side note on the book for those of you, because so many leaders are, are tuning into this. I just would say that this might give you 30 talk ideas. So <laughs> it's actually, that's a secondary sneaky thing that I tell pastors about this book is that there's a lot of sermon material in it while you're reading it devotionally. So <laughs> nice <laughs> on that note. Nice. Aaron, were you going to add something there for a sec? Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, part of what's so amazing for me as part of the lead bold community is there are many women who are older than me who have I've just heard so much wisdom from people who have started. I mean, I think about like, Andrea, I'm not, not going to put you on the spot, but like, this has been a dream of yours and many of the other founders who are part of Lead Bold taking shape for years. And it's never too late, you know, to think that like, hey, it's too modern now, or we're too old to make this a reality. Or I just, I'm really encouraged by what I've seen in the Lead Bold community. And as we continue to have conversations like this with people like you, Lori, who um, are an encouragement that like, when the Lord calls, you answer, uh, no matter no matter where you're at. And uh, I think it's a huge proponent of those of us who are younger in the ministry, even those who are younger than me, are just starting the recognition that um, saying yes to what is happening and knowing that what God is doing, like, will come at the time in which it's it's meant to come, no matter where you're at in your journey. And so, just really encouraged by what you've had to share, and and always encouraged by being part of this community where that is a resource that's so important is to know that like, Hey, it is never too late. And and it might not be too early either for those who's got, who God is calling. So. Absolutely. Yep. It's a good full circle back to timing, right? <laughs> well, Hey, one of the things that we do Lori on this podcast is we, we come up with a, a fake title for your autobiography that you have to write. Although in your case, you've already written a bunch of books, but um, so Aaron and I kind of listen in for what we think that could be called. And I don't know, I feel like the zinger, which is what you said you were called is the girl who had to wait. Did you write something down, Aaron? I had a couple. I was like, yeah, the girl who had to wait, I had like a different route. Like I love the whole kind of like, you know, like in the Scooby-Doo episodes where they're like running through different doors and that whole <laughs> sequence, like I was getting that vibe. And then the one that really spoke to me was like, not Nike, but just do it and do it well, which is like the Nike, just yeah. do it. Is that, <laughs> like, that's really I think just do it is already taken. So <laughs> I know I'm thinking, I, I love the girl who had to wait. I think that that is, is beautiful. Hmm. Well, I so much appreciate your time with us, Lori. Um, those of you listening, take the time to go um, find Lori. You can find her everywhere. Uh, check out her her book and let it just speak to you. Um, Lori, any last words before we say bye? No, it's just been a privilege to be here. And I'm excited about what you guys are doing. I hope many of you will spread the word on this Lead Bold community. Awesome. All right, everybody. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Well, we hope you loved this episode with Lori. She is just a wealth of knowledge, insight, and from my opinion, patience too. And so we encourage you uh, to dig into what Lori has written. There's multiple books um, of her under her authorship, Finding Faith in the Dark, When Changing Nothing Changes Everything, 40 Verses to Ignite Your Faith, Grace-Filled Step Parenting, and of course, this newest uh, book, Faith, Doubt, and God's Mysterious 
timing. We're so excited for you to lean into these incredible resources and um, we encourage you to check out more about Lori. If you're looking to connect with us, we encourage you to find us at leadingbold.org for all information there and follow us on our Instagram as well, where we have um, incredible uh, Instagram chats, live chats every other week with amazing women from this community. Until next time, continue leading bold.